Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. What's good? This is Trapping Anonymous. My name is Chris Styles. We are back. We are here with the live new season. Everything in person, and we just getting back to them stories. And um, I'm not even going to talk to y'all too much. I'm going to just jump right into the episodes. Y'all know how I do. But my guest today... What's going on, brother? What's up, boss? How you doing? Ah, I'm I, I'm I. Um, what is the name of, I guess, your job, your role? Well, I'm titled as a tissue recovery specialist. Um, basically, my role is to, I get a call from my boss. He tells us which hospital we have to go to. We proceed to the hospitals from ranging from um, upstate New York all the way to deep into Long Island. We get there, go to the OR, we retrieve the body from the morgue, take them up to the OR, um, and we kind of loosely speaking strip them clean of their bones, tendons, and organs. You go to a morgue and you touch dead bodies and take bones out of them? Yep, I mean, I've been touching dead bodies for like, what, two years now? How do you even get into something like that? Honestly, COVID was the the COVID main, did not start. I'm so serious. I like so. Right, so the start COVID of COVID like, is not even two years old. I, I hear you. <laughs> so I initially started in like the medical field as a like medical assistant. Um, honestly, I took a chance on something like that. I was kind of like in a rough spot uh, back in the days, and um, ever since 2012, went to MA school, uh, Stanford Brown over in Long Island. Uh, from that. I went to nursing school as well. I attended BMCC. Okay. Uh, so you got a, you got a, you, you're not no dummy. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> not at all. Yeah. Know what I mean, because if I was, then I'll be probably still in the same predicament I was back then. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, so from school and everything, COVID came along. Uh, I was still in the health field, but yeah. doing something completely different. Uh, COVID came along, and I felt like I could do, I could be doing something like more to be like hands-on. I saw a lot of people that was in need. I didn't think I was gonna really go this route, yeah. but um, they were the first ones to call me at the medical examiner's office. Uh, there, I got into actually picking up all of the dead bodies through COVID, um, doing autopsies with the doctors. They taught me how to cut. I was one of like the only people, especially like the new people that like learned. And I mean, like, bro, you, you black, you look like you know what I mean? In the parties, lit, turned oh, yes, up. Sir, you know what I'm saying? Sir. People don't even know you out here touching dead bodies and all that. Um, I mean, if they ask. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it's like, do you see a lot of people that look like you in your field? So I will say, oh, you mean like working-wise or you mean, um, yes. At the medical examiner's office, not so much. Um, the only ones that were looking like me were basically like, I don't mean to say this terminology, but it's like basically the peasants right. of the the operation. Um, a lot of them were just like lab rats, not lab rats, I don't want to say that. They're just like trained dogs, you know. They, they brought them in during COVID to use them um, to like as a contracted position. Um, I wasn't going to settle for that. I knew I was like destined for much more. Yeah. Um, and I, they did get rid of me because I, 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 
I guess was learning too much and maybe I would have cost them, a, you know, a bit much money uh, to keep around and stuff like that. But um, yeah. What do people say when they find out like what you do for a like, uh, do you have a girlfriend? I got some things going on. Okay, so you have a plethora of women. So like I'm not going to agree to that, but yeah, listen, a lot of people in our culture, um, I don't know whether you West Indian, African, even Black Americans, a lot of people get real skeeved out almost when it comes to dealing with morgues, cemeteries, dead bodies, superstitious. Like, what do you? What kind of? What What do the women usually tell you? I mean, don't touch me. No, nah, you know, I get that, you know, sometimes, but right after the don't touch me, it's just like, oh my God, that's so interesting. You know, even though it sounds spooky and everything else, yeah. you know, they'll say, yo, you know, I don't think I can do it. And I'll tell them, you know, when I first got into it myself, you know, I went from working with live patients to dead patients overnight. Yeah. And the first day that I was in, in the, the, the morgue for the medical examiner's office, literally it was a bunch of black people on the table. That was, that, that, honestly, that was the most you see, like, a lot of black people in that room, aside from the workers who were just, like I said, the slaves to the doctors and stuff like that, the rooms was always filled with black people on the, on the autopsy table. Um, like the, the dead, the, the people, dead that, people, they was all black. Yeah, most of the time. Um, and there's a lot of things behind the scenes that goes into that as well, because if, if you think about like Jewish, um, Amish and all that other, um, those other religions, a lot of them, they reject autopsies. But a lot of black folks and stuff like that, they're not, educated enough to be like, yo, you know, I, I want to reject it or I don't want this for my family. It's black not people that, trying to sue, they trying to get some money. So yeah, you know. It's not, it's, it's not gonna happen. More because once you get, we, we have to reach out to get consent mm. before anything. So why are, you, why are you against autopsy? I'm against autopsy because I feel like it's more so experimental. Okay. Like, yes, of course we want to know like the cause of death for, you know, certain people depending right. on what happened. Right. Um, but again, when I see nine times out of 10, it's a bunch of black people, especially from like homicides and all this other craziness. We get suicides, we get people who jump in front of trains, the whole nine yards. It, it, it became fun to me to see, but, <laughs> but I, 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 hated, I hated seeing, I hated, I, I hated seeing the majority of the people, especially through like killings. It was, it was all black people. Um, so do you think that autopsies kind of violate the person I don't know like because it, it, it sort of seems like you set the tone where other cultures are like we're not with that we're not having you violate the body or or you know what I'm saying do you feel like it's some kind of violation that goes on during this autopsy process I mean I wouldn't call it a violation I mean we obviously everyone has a job to do um, these people are trained they went to school um, to cut open bodies figure out cause of deaths um, but again it, 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 it does seem gruesome yeah for the most part, especially depending on like if we have to, what we have to dissect, yeah. um, especially with this new position, the, the tissue recovery specialist, yeah. we are cutting them wide open, limb for limb. How's how gruesome has it gotten for you? Like, I mean, when you go into work, and even you was just kind of like, all right, this is a lot. Well, again, I don't get that here at this job, oh, no. but at the medical examiner's office, you get decomposed bodies. Some that's mummified, filled with maggots. It looked like a whole bowl of soup just all over the person's body because the maggots have just taken over. Again, train accidents, um, when people jump in front of trains because of suicide and stuff, their limbs would be all the way down the track and their heads would be somewhere else. That was probably like the, one of the most craziest ones I saw. Um, I had to go, 
I think it was on the two line in the city. I can't remember exactly which one. Um, but one of the, the, the train victims, they got his body before we got there. They put him on the, on the, on the track. But then next thing you know, when we was about to, you know, back him up, tag him up, take him out of there, they're like, hey, you know, we got to find his head. His head is missing and everything. So, tag him up, tag him so up. While, <laughs> so, so while we're walking the platform, everyone's like looking for the head. It's, his head is literally in the middle of the express track and the local track. Uh, and there's trains passing by, so people can still see it. As as they go in, like, but, but that's why we bag it quick, you know, and yeah, we take it off the platform. Yeah, we're like, we don't do everything on the platform. We'll bag them up real quick, take them to like, there's like the a utility room on every single platform um, throughout yeah. the city, yeah. and then we put them in there, and then we do everything else that we got to do. But again, if we're on the tracks looking for somebody's head, you see blood just splattered all over the um, all over the tracks or whatnot. Like everyone's just like, oh shit. You never think like, yo, what if I know this person? I actually wanted to come across some people that I knew and. I was about to say sadly, it's not sad that I didn't, but I wanted to see what the reaction would be like. Yeah, because just to I, see how, yeah, you, how you would react to something. I, two people that I work with in the ME office, one, uh, he lost his friend, he knew the, the dude from his town, um, and his whole thing, he, he, he was sad about it, but like not sad in the sense of like he couldn't be there. He actually like, Requested that he actually be a part of that autopsy, oh, wow. rather than he let someone, sort of felt yeah, like rather than let someone else do it and, and whatnot. Yeah. So he he aided the the doctors. He was actually pretty good as well. So they let him cut, yeah. um, also. And then another dude lost his uncle, but they made him like leave for the day. They like I, I don't know if he was sad about it or not, but does any of this like sort of haunt you? And I mean that in the sense of like sometimes when we go to work, we sometimes bring work home, and you know it still lays dormant in our subconscious. And when we go to bed, we have these dreams sometimes, and you know, sometimes we can't sleep. You know, does that ever happen to you? It caught me, I want to say about like three times. Um, because there are a lot of like behind the scene things that go on at the Emmy's office. Um, when you say behind the scene, what do you mean? Come on, this is Trapped Anonymous, man. All the stories that you hear do this, not necessarily reflect real life. This is for entertainment, this, educational purposes. There's, there's certain operations yeah. that people should be cautious about when letting people into their homes. I'm going to just say that. What does that mean? It means that you need to take heed to what we're doing, well, what they're doing. I don't work there anymore. But what they're doing while they're taking your loved ones out the room. Because basically... Is this like um, so the organs, stealing organs? No, 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 no. Not at all, not at all. Because <laughs> the only way we can cut organs is when we're at the, oh, is when we're at the, the morgue or whatever. Um, but when we go into these homes... A lot of times, you see a Rolex on the door. We, we see loads of money, we see jewelry, we see whatever, cards, whole nine yards. Things may come up missing. You ever got tempted? I got tempted a lot because of the people that I was working with, and and I and I I came up as well. Would you Would you grab? All of the above. All of the above. All of the above. I remember one time. Me and my partner came up with like maybe 15, 20 G's a piece. What? In one night. Um, how do how do I apply how do you apply to get <laughs> <laughs> Nah listen, no, no. I don't I don't I don't I don't really mean wait, fit fifteen? Fifteen a piece. Um, it was just laying in the house. No, so basically the the protocol is um when we enter to into someone's home, uh we request 
that the family either stay outside the apartment, the house, not the house, but like if it's, if it's a house, they go some, you know, to another part of the house, right. let us do our job, we close the door. Um, this one guy, he had a bunch of bank envelopes in his drawers because we kind of just like scurry around, yeah. you know. We do it quickly. It's like, no, we ain't, we're not in there for like 20, 30 minutes just like looking. It's just an we ain't looking job, for it. man. We know, we know where we got to look, what, what we're looking for. Right. So, I mean, and don't, don't get me wrong, people are clever with where they lead things to. So, uh, I, I know there's another dude, um, he came up on, I want to say like 200 Gs or more. Oh, damn, and I'm so serious, man. You didn't never see me my, back at work. My man said, he said, why, why not? I'm joking. I was about to say. The first thing I'm doing is clocking back in. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think I would do it. I don't think I have it in me to do it. I'll be honest. Listen, I don't think I you, you begin to have it in you when the people around you are all doing the same thing. So it's kind of hard because, you know, it's just like being in the hood. It's like niggas is going to test you one way or another. You know what I mean? And if they can't trust you and all this other stuff, then it's like, all right. Now, is that something you tell yourself or is that something really, like, ethical for you? It's like, I mean, I done been a part of all of it in, in regards to the hood shit, in regards to, you know, this Emmy shit, the whole nine yards. I mean, it just is what it is. I, I always have to, like, you know, fight to survive in a sense. So, yeah. I mean... By any means necessary, you know, people do stupid shit all the time, whether it's white collar shit, whether it's hood shit. I mean, it's all the same at the end of the day. Like, you know My mean? listeners are going to kill me if I don't go back to your story about the 15 to 20. So you see all these banking statements mm -hmm. and then what happens next? Stuff our pockets. Sometimes if with, it's... With its actual cash? It's cash. Damn. And no one is like in charge of watching over you guys? Nah. The police are there with us, but yeah. they're outside most of the time too. Yeah, boom, boom, real quick. Wham, bam, get the fuck out of there. That's it. The only thing that people see is taking is the body. You ever feel guilt? Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Back no, back to that story because you was asking me about my dreams and stuff like that. Yeah, so it actually happened uh, like maybe three times. One of them was real, real serious because whoever I pissed off, they wasn't playing. Yo, you fucking with the devil. You can't be, yo, yo, spirits be home. Yo, so one night I was having some dream. I forgot exactly what it was about, but clearly I was like in some type of duress or whatever the case may be. I thought that I had woken up from that dream because when I opened my eyes, I was in my room. It was pitch black the whole nine yards like it normally would That's be anyway. Analysis, yeah. And I'm just like, yo, fuck. So now I get up, and I had a roommate at the time, so like, I was like, in my second dream, mm -hmm. I was walking to his room to knock on his door to make sure that he was okay and everything else. He didn't answer. So I walk into his room, I call his name, still nothing. I'm like, go, I went to him, I'm like pushing him, pushing him. He didn't answer. So in my head, being a medical student and everything else, it's like, yo, I need to get him to the hospital because something's wrong. So I like pick him up on some Superman type shit and I like leave the apartment. And as I'm going downstairs, I turn back and at the top of the stairs was this demon spirit, whatever you want to call it. And literally in the matter of seconds, it just like charged down the stairs at me. And I immediately open the door, run out. And then as soon as I run out, that demon comes out behind me and he turns into one of my friends that I know from Long Island. And I haven't like spoken to this person in like so long. And I know it wasn't him, he's not dead or anything like that. But 
he uh, turned into that my, my friend, and immediately, for whatever reason, I had the, the knowledge to like call his his daughter. Mm. So I call his daughter and give that person the phone, and I guess hearing his daughter's voice made the demon kind of like okay, yeah, shaking up yeah. or whatever. So yeah. he was like snapping out of that little mm. hypnosis state or whatever the case may be, and. While he's doing that, I had to like take him, throw him on the car, start like knocking him out, and like I had to cut his throat this the whole night. This is all in just the, the second dream. Haunting. And, and then like once I did that, though, I woke up and I was like, "Yo, holy shit!" And this was the day you took the money. I don't recall. I don't recall what incident happened on this one. But you knew. It was but you. I knew it was because of what I just did at work. <laughs> but it wasn't that day specifically. But I knew it was because of something that went down. Does that this way. deter you from? doing it again I mean I'm again I'm in a whole better position I don't I don't have the the luxury to do that anymore because I'm not with them um but listen man like I said by any means necessary man people got to grind obviously this pandemic has shown that you know you need to have some type of hustle you know I, I'm not I'm not opposed to people robbing and stealing I mean as long as you're being smart about it you're not getting caught it just is what it is. I don't feel like it finds its way back around to us. We gotta die sometime. Yeah. We all got some type of karma that's gonna hit us, whether it's with these chicks, whether it's with these dudes out here in these streets, whatever. If it's meant to be, it's meant to be. That's sort of your attitude towards it. That's my attitude towards everything these days, man. I don't, I don't let nothing really shake me up. I, you know, I hustle, I grind really hard. You guys know I'm always at work. What do you think the inception of that feeling is? What's, what's the thing that first made you feel like, you know what? It's just everything that I've been through. Yeah. And it, and it had nothing to do with like this work stuff. Like literally, you know, been on my own since I was 15 years old, wow. homeless for many years. Wow. And, you know, for me to even be at this point that I am now, like yeah. it's, a, it's a big achievement and I'm still growing, you know? How long were you homeless for? Honestly, about like 10 years. And where was you? I was always bouncing from like one friend's house to the next. You know, some nights I was kind of like walking the streets and, you know, waiting to go to school the next day because I just didn't have nowhere to go. My friends couldn't sneak me in that day. I was always on like couches and floors. Some people would take me in for like, you know, a momentary type of thing. And then once they got what they needed out of me, I don't know what it is because I didn't have too much. But like, I so for instance, I used to stay with one of my coaches too. And once the season was over, I won him a championship and everything else or something, we, we was on bad terms. And he was locking me out the crib, like on some stupid, I, I would be at work in school and I would get home late and I would have to walk all the way from, from uh, like Garden City all the way to Sayasa type of shit. And I would get there and be locked out, knowing he could hear me at the door and shit like that, but he would just leave me out in the cold. Where's your and, family? Huh? Where's your family? I don't really have too much family, man. Like, I never had an extensive you know, family set. Like it was literally my mom, my sis, my dad was with his wife and kids, um, wasn't always around. I enjoyed being with him more, but like I never had like a family type of vibe. I can't help but to draw a parallel between sort of how you grew up and what you do for a living, sort of like not to say that you were dead, but it, I could imagine that some days you felt dead inside. Oh, a lot. I could imagine that some days you felt like, this is it for me. Like, this might be my last day here. It should have been. Yeah. A couple times. It should have been. And I almost took my, my, my own life, too, at one point. Because I, I was like, 
so at rock bottom to the point where I was like, yeah, there's no way I'm coming out of this anymore. Like, I don't know why I keep ending up in this predicament. I don't know why I'm not growing, why I'm not elevating. You know, aside from knowing the fact that I didn't have the, you know, the right structure, the right guide, guidelines and everything else. I mean, I was into gangs and all that shit at one point because I, that's the only thing that I had. Like I said, I was on my own since I was 15. So I got involved with all that nonsense, man. I was a real, I was a really dark person. And honestly, it, it, it took me getting to a point where I had a child and I had the right woman and everything else to finally start seeing something. And, you know, I started making little strides. I wasn't fully, you know, aware of what I had at the time and stuff like that. But when you say had a woman, uh, what, where did things go wrong? Me, man, I just wasn't ready. Like, and, and it has nothing to do with not being ready in the sense of, I just didn't want to be with her or nothing like that. But I wasn't financially stable, um, even though I was like, you know, trying to help out a lot with the bills because she was pregnant. So I would bust my ass, go to school again, go to work, come back home. I just felt incomplete. Like, I knew I wasn't where I needed to be, regardless of anything. I knew she would always be good. I knew my kid would always be good, but I really wasn't where I needed to be. And, and I was like, kind of like self-centered a little bit. I would like make myself extremely busy to the point where it's like, I don't need to be home, which is selfish because obviously she needs my help and stuff too. Right. But yeah, I just, I had to find me, man. I had to find my happiness, I had to find my peace. Do you have a relationship with your kids or the mother of your kid now? Oh, absolutely, okay. absolutely. And I wish it was a, a better relationship, but you know, it's cool. Is it? Is it? Yeah, it is cool. Okay. It is cool. Like, I, I don't dwell on it no more. Okay. I like literally for like maybe two years straight after we broke up and everything, like things was like really, really hard for me, especially like the first year. Like I, I was like, fuck everybody. I don't care about this world. Like I was still growing and still trying to find shit, you know, but COVID and getting to these positions were like the real turnaround. I moved out from where I was in LI, moved to the city. How liberating has this job been for you? It seems like it's, it's, it's sort of like that thing that gave you hope again. Well, no, the, the Emmys office gave me a little hope. Okay. But landing this, a six-figure job, brother, yeah. as a black man. Not me. Not me. It's, Not me. How, 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 I don't, how did I get this? I don't, I don't, I don't got to go stealing and doing all this extra shit. Like, I'm good. As long as I'm good and the people around me that I really fuck with is good, like, that's all I care about. What does the next two to three years of your life look like? In your mind, if you ever thought about it. The next two or three years? Yeah, because, it's, it's because it's short term, which is, it's already, you know, coming into fruition. Like, sure. I'm, I'm traveling a lot. Um, I am going to invest in some properties. Um, obviously, I want to be smart about investing into certain things, stocks, the whole nine yards. Again, I just want to make sure people around me are good. Um, a funny conversation I had with one of my boys the other day, um, I posted something about like, you know, sharing food. Like, let's say if I have money and then you don't, but we out, like, I'm not gonna let you dig in your pocket type of thing. It was like, you know, a vice versa type yeah, of, you yeah. know, respect, you know, for your real peoples. Of course. And my boy hit me up. He was one of the dudes that actually took me in when I was younger. He introduced me to church and everything else too. Um, and he was young himself, but you know, he took me to his, his people's crib and they was okay with it for a little bit. Uh, hit me up, he was like, he said, yo nigga, you, you frontin'. He said, you know you ain't sharing no McChicken, because I used to get the McChickens and shit all the time. So, he said, you know you ain't sharing no McChicken? I was like, yo, bro, you know what? You might be right, because I was really hungry back then. But I was like, yo, where I am now, 
none of us ever have to worry about that no more. So I was like, yo, where I am today, whenever you need me, because of what you did for me, bro, don't ever hesitate. Like, I know you got four kids now. I know you're doing your thing or whatever. You know, I'm sorry that I'm not around, but what me and you have is always going to be genuine. It's a really uh, tumultuous, I feel like, uh, childhood to, to adulthood. Um, is there anything that you sort of regret um, in your adult years? In my adult years? Yeah. Just be. fucking up my, 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 I'm going to say fucking up my kid's life because mm. it's not fucked up, mm -hmm. but I never wanted my kids to grow up the same way that I did, mm. especially with this separate homes mm. type of thing. And especially for my youngest one, like I feel bad about it all the time because every time I'm with him, he's like, daddy, you coming home with us because he used to being with us together. But we don't have that no more, and I hate to see him kind of get upset and cry. It kind of almost makes me want to cry, man. And it, it caught me a lot of times, man. I, I def that's definitely like the biggest regret as an adult that I, I definitely have. What are you gonna do uh, about that? Honestly, I do what I can. You know, I, I just prove to myself, my kids, and even to their moms, you know, what kind of man I am today, and you know taking care of my responsibilities. I think that's the biggest thing, man. Actions is everything. And I wasn't always about my actions. I'm a smooth talker when it comes to like the females and stuff like that. But my actions always like gets in the way of what I'm talking about. This is Trapping Anonymous. My name is Chris Davis. So what, what do you think you would be doing if you wasn't doing dead bodies? <laughs> well, what I should be doing, yeah. I should be in the NFL right now. A word to be honest with you. Yeah. That's like the number one thing that I should be doing. Um, I mean, I got a lot of talents, man. Yeah. I, I sing, I dance, as you can tell. <laughs> I can't, I can't yeah, as, you, as you can tell. Look at uh, that. A lot of people say they can sing. A lot of people say they can dance. You know what I mean? You got a, um, you got a blessed trap anonymous in one of your one of your uh, talents, you might, you might get, you might get signed off one of. Nah, not me, not little old me. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I ever. I, I've had people do like spoken word before on Trapping Anonymous, but I don't think nobody's ever just like started singing on this shit. You know what I mean? But yo, do that shit. Fuck it. Like I, I can't see why not. There's a lot of people listening, man. They going, they going to want to know if you just capping or you just. Yeah, I'm capping. I'm big cap. <laughs> I'm big cap. I'm not gonna hold you. I'm something like um. I don't even know what to do. Ooh, I know you got something in the tuck. I mean, there's always something in the tuck, but I want it to sound good. I, 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 I just do something from from R&B Wednesday. Um, <laughs> is that bad? <laughs> oh, okay. Um. So um. When you say that you love her. And you really know everything used to matter, it don't matter no more. Like my money or my cars, flowers, cards, and candy. Said I'm fortunate to have you, girl. Want you to know I really adore you. All my people know. What's going on? Look at your mate. Help me sing my song. Tell her I'm your man. You're my girl. 
I'm gonna tell it to the whole wide world. Let it say I'm your girl. You're my man. Promise to love you the best I can. They gonna look at me weird like you serenading me. No, 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 no. That was I real. promise, that ain't the case. That ain't the case. Yo, that was real. Yo, like, you, you don't, you don't, um, you don't stop impressing me, bro. Like, for for real, it, man. Just tried, even man. with your story, with everything you've been through, your, your talents, your, even your hobby. I mean, take take it serious, bro. Like, take take it serious, bro. You know what I'm saying? For real, you you might not have to be cutting. Their bodies open all the time, you know what I mean? You might you might find a, a a second win, man. You just I like to always think about it like this, man. When you start really doing right, living right, and not by anybody else's standards, but by yours. When you when you go home and you can look at yourself in the mirror and stuff like that, I think good things start just happening just out of nowhere. Like you could have a lot of your blessings that you have now, but just think about how much they can be magnified when you start holding yourself to your own standards, so you know, um, I'll leave you with that. All right, man. Yeah, man. So. so I remember being like, yo, how am I going to call my mother and my sister and tell them that he is dead? Um, and I, re I remember that night, my sons were in their room sleeping, it's the middle of the night, and I remember like wailing into my pillow, like screaming. And the thing I remember saying was, yo, I gave you my whole life, you couldn't take care of my family. Um, and that was real, I think like those are the vulnerabilities of even like pastors that sometimes people don't get, like we go through the same stuff everybody else go through. Like ain't no special passes, ain't no, get out of jail free cards, it's not, oh, grief is gonna skip you, you know, all of that, like, oh, favor is real and it's on me. Yeah, you can have favor and still be going through stuff, right? Favor means you're not gonna struggle alone. 